Hey, Pastor Stephen here. Welcome to the Abundant Springs podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out online at AbundantSprings.Church. And now, on to this week's message. For you of those who do not know me, I think everybody now knows me because I probably introduced myself already. I'm Ewan. Um, I was just at Bible school for four months, so I, I know you guys are expecting some amazing biblical sanctification coming out of this message. Um, thank you guys for all coming today. This is awesome. This is really awesome. Um, I was kind of afraid that there wasn't going to be too many people at church. And I was like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty happy that... And it, plus, it's all family here. Even if you guys don't know each other, we're all in the body together. We're all in the body of Christ together. We all love Jesus, and we're in unity. It's kind of funny. You can find a Christian on the street, and you can start talking. It's just like you guys know each other perfectly, you know? Um, so let's start this today with a word of prayer. There's kind of some depressing subjects I'm talking about, so I'll just kind of let you guys know that, so definitely follow up with prayer. Holy Spirit, dwell in this place right now as we start to speak, as I start to speak, God. I don't want to be on the stage, Jesus, today. I want Jesus the evangelist on the stage today, God. Speak through me, fill my soul, and let the outpour from me outpour into this place, God. Fill the congregation's souls today. Fill family and friends today, Jesus. We ask that this message will not just be a message that people will take and go home and forget about, but this message will be one that they cling to, Jesus. Let my words be yours, not my own. And let the congregation's souls be filled today, God. In your mighty, precious name, amen. Amen. Some of you guys know me from when I was in grade 8. Look at this photo of me. I was an interesting kid. Some, guys, some of you know that. Some of you guys don't. This is me. Bandana, aviators, 50 pounds heavier. I was an interesting boy. I think the worst part about it was that I had a baby face. Um, but I was rebellious back then. Just ask my mom. She's sitting right there. I argued a lot. I hung out with some of the not-so-great people. I never did drugs, never drank or anything, but you know, I was had a bad mouth, didn't do great things, didn't hang out with the right people. Um, and I really wasn't amazing. Uh, come grade nine, I got homeschooled. That's how bad I was. Um, and I found Jesus because I lost all my friends. Oh, altar call moment. Oh, yes, Jesus. So good. You and found Jesus. It was awesome. It truly was. You know, it was, it was my time of salvation. It was amazing. I was the kid that was listening to Oceans on the 10-hour loop on YouTube um, every night. I was that kid. Uh, grade 10 came, started to realize the world was real, and then grade 11 came. Um, I was on the way home from work one day. I think it was a first aid meeting, actually. And they were, me and this girl were hanging out. I thought she was pretty cute. Oh, man, you know, like, whatever, we're going to hang out. This is so fun. Whatever. Um, but I was kind of in a place where I was willing to do anything to hang out with this person. So we went out, and she offered me some pot. Oh, man, story is getting spicy here. But she offered me some pot. And I thought, okay, sure. You know, I, I'd smoked pot before. It wasn't a big deal or anything. But here I was. I was in this vehicle, and I took one hit. 
just one. I can tell you that that was the truth. I only took one hit. And I was just kind of feeling nice. I was feeling those pot feels. You know, you get in the, the tingles. You're like, oh, I feel so light and so airy. Oh, man. But then we were going over a bridge. We were heading home. She was high, and she was driving, so that wasn't good. But we were driving over a bridge. This remote will be the car, I guess. So we were driving over this bridge, um, and the bridge is right here. But instead of going into over the bridge, the car went down 90 degrees, went like that, went up 90 degrees, went like that. And I looked at myself, I was like, I was just in the water. And then I looked over to my friend, and she was Bugs Bunny. Um, so, and I'm not even joking, like, she was gray, she had buck teeth. I didn't want to say anything, because she actually had buck teeth. Um, so, I, something happened. And this is where it gets serious. I was, we were driving down, my mind started to separate. It was like, a, it was like two bacteria, it was like a battlefield. It was like me and Raceland, an argument that we would have gotten into, even though we haven't been in an argument. It was like, no, you're stupid, you're stupid. My mind's like arguing back and forth. And it wasn't good. I've, anyone who's ever been in a place like that, I was in full panic attack mode. Um, you feel like you're going to die. You, you probably won't, you'll be fine, but you are in a place of absolute sheer panic and you think you're going to die. Um, drove, got her to drop me off at Pastor's house because I thought that was the best idea, you know? Actually, I thought it was a pretty good idea, so I got her to drop me off at Pastor's house. We go to Pastor's house um, and she just drives off. Um, and I go to knock on, Pastor, Pastor, I need you, I need you. I get to tease him about this because he's not here. But he wasn't there. He was not in the house. I was like, he's got to be sleeping. Where is he? So I give him a call. Oh, hey, Ewan, what's up? I'm in Lethbridge. Ah, I'm tripping on something, feeling like I'm going to die, and Pastor is in Lethbridge, and the girl that was driving me just drove away. Okay, this is not very good. He's like, okay, we'll pray for you. So he, friends like, okay, yeah, prayer's awesome, but I need something right now. I feel like I'm going to die. So I'm... I then cross the street, go into the middle of the Canyon School parking lot, because that's where you'd go, and I sit on the ground and I rock back and forth. Um, now here, let me end this off. My Papa and Nan are here today. It's kind of funny. My parents were on vacation when this was happening, and my grandparents were looking after us. <laughs> so this was the physical worst thing to happen. Okay, let me end this story right there. I'll get you guys to open up your Bibles, your version app, whatever you guys have. Um, we're going to turn to Psalms 25, verse 1 to 3. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. It's going to be on the screen behind me. So let me read for you guys. I don't NLT today. Oh Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. I'm going to be focusing on verse number three here, kind of the last part. Disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. In other translations, it says, those who act treacherously without cause will be disgraced or ashamed. Those who act treacherously without cause. As you can see, I was not the best kid growing up. I did some bad things. I had a bad conscience. My mind was always in the gutter. This was kind of a wake-up call, actually, but... But I didn't just hurt myself, even though I did. My mind's at war with itself. You know, I'm not in a nice place. I'm anxious. I'm in a panic attack mode. You know, something's in my body. I don't like it. But I didn't just hurt myself. I hurt people. I hurt my mom and dad. 
How could our son do drugs? We told, them for, we told him for so long, don't do drugs because this could happen. I heard my grandpa and grandma, same thing they would say. I heard my brother and my sister, same thing. Why? How could my brother do this? I thought he was supposed to be my role model. People who I knew who were and weren't Christians. How could you do this? I thought Christians weren't supposed to do drugs. Does that mean I can do drugs now? I hurt many other people. But I just didn't just hurt people. I also hurt God. Because he told me not to disobey my parents. He told me not to break the law, and I broke the law. And he told me not to be prideful. And I was selfish, and selfishness is a root of pride. I said to myself, oh, man, Jesus, you know, let me just do this this one time. Mom and dad said, no, ah, I can deal with it myself. I can deal with this. I can take the consequences myself today. There's, I can do this myself. I was selfish. I was very selfish. But let me just bring this subject of depression and sadness a little bit further. I'm going to bring up some biblical examples. Let's travel back a few thousand years together. Kind of maybe make the conviction that you're feeling a little bit less. But today, let me just show you some examples. Adam and Eve, ah, our beautiful, cute couple from the Garden of Eden. You can see in this photo, though, they're contemplating whether or not they should eat a fruit. For those of you who do not know, the fruit is the forbidden fruit of the garden. God said not to eat it. You'll die if you eat this fruit. But Adam and Eve, after a light temptation, they said, we'd like to become like God. I think I can do this myself. I don't need God. And they ate the fruit. Look what happened. They got kicked out of the garden. They disobeyed God. They compromised, and they said, I can do it myself. Here's another one, Samson and Delilah. You can see in this photo that Samson's hair has just been cut off. For you, those who, you who do not know, Samson was given a gift of immense strength if he keeps his hair long. He was given a blessing by God, and he said to himself, I really like this girl. I'm going to go after her. And slowly, inch by inch, he started to compromise, and she started to ask him, where does your strength come from? Where does your strength come from? And then he said he would make excuses, and eventually he gave in. And then she had him arrested, and his hair cut off. Samson thought that he could do it himself, that this one girl was enough, like, oh, this is nice. Let me just do this thing, God. Let me just do it. Here's another one, David and Bathsheba. We can see here David gazing upon the beautiful Bathsheba. David was a king of Israel, had a blessing, had kingship in Israel. But then he said, oh, look at that beautiful female over there. Servant, go down and pick her up for me so you can bring her back to my room. So he did. He slept with her, got her pregnant, and killed her husband out of complete shame and guilt and panic. David thought to himself, I can just do it this time. I can do it. Let me just compromise a little bit because I know how to do this myself. And here's the last one. This is a popular one. This is Jesus on the cross. Jesus wasn't the one who did bad things here. It was Israel. Israel thought to themselves, ah, he says he's the king of the Jews, but he's not who I like. 
I don't like this guy. He's not the messianic king I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to take Rome and put him under his feet. Why is he washing people's feet instead? And Israel decided that it would be a good idea to put him up on a cross and to crucify him. Israel said to themselves, we can do this. We don't need your help, God. Let me just do it myself. All the people we just talked about were in a place of compromise. A place of sin, just like Psalms 25. They acted treacherously. They thought that they were right. Just like I thought that I was right when I was in my drug situation. It wasn't good. It was driven by shame and disgrace. But let's come back to our day for a little bit. Just for a minute. And let's look at ourselves for a minute. It's funny because we as people haven't changed in the last 10,000 to 15,000 years. We make the same mistakes every day, maybe. And it's not good. I know that might have been a little bit of a depressing subject there. But let me ask you something. Though these people seemed atrocious, though I seemed atrocious in my actions, maybe you have something in mind for yourself. What happened after their screw-ups? What happened after my screw-up? What happened? What's going to happen? I know you guys don't know what happens after mine. That's coming later. Let me just ask you these. After these things happened, was there a continuation of sin? Did it keep going? Did these people keep festering in their sin? Or was there instead salvation from failure? Did these, were these people brought back to life? And let me ask you more questions. Who gave Adam and Eve clothes when they were in the garden after they left? Who gave Samson the strength back to pull down the pillars on the Philistines? Who forgave David's adultery and brought him into a place of hope? And who rose Jesus again three days later to save the world? Who was it? Sunday school answer, you guys. It was God. It's true, though. It's true. It is so true. My point is this. Though we compromise... God is oh so compassionate. He is a God of compassion. He brings people out of the dark and he lights their path. He brings them into a place of salvation. He brought these people into a place of salvation. By being selfish, we think that we're good enough We compromised our relationship with them because we thought we were good enough. We truly thought that we were good enough. But there's something that's kind of weird here. Our God is backward sometimes in our minds. You guys might think to yourselves, that's something you guys might. What, what is it? What did God do? What, why, does he, why is he so backwards? Sometimes... 
we look at God as backwards. But the reason why is because somebody like that wouldn't do anything like this for us. Somebody wouldn't die on a cross for us. You know, if I was in the situation, I probably wouldn't die on a cross for anyone. I probably wouldn't do it. When we were in the garden, though, he said something. He said, be with me or die. Eat the fruit of the tree of life or eat the fruit of the tree of good um, and evil. But he never said that if we did die, that it was going to be a forever thing. He never said that you'll die forever. He later goes into promises about us. The Lord brought us back with each swing of that hammer. Do you guys know that Jesus died on the cross for you, right? That he was tortured and that he was put on a cross, on a tree. And that though our compromise was great and though our sin was oh so heavy, with each swing of the hammer, bang! Our compromise was turned into compassion. Our compromise was overtaken by compassion. God brought compassion to us. And then there was me. I was riding in the back of an ambulance on the way home. How could this happen to me, I said to myself. How could this have happened to me? I thought my idea was good. Something turned so bad. My mind was broken. My family was going to be broken when they heard about this news. God hates me, I said to myself, riding in the back of this ambulance on the way home. There's no way that he could love me because my family won't love me when they hear about this. My friends won't love me when they hear about this. They'll look at me differently, I said to myself. For six months, depression. For six months, anxiety. For six months, stress. I was ashamed. I had acted treacherously without cause because I thought that I was being good. I thought that I was making the right choice. For a long time, I was at work. Some of you guys know I used to, I work at the co-op, and I would be at work, and I'd be standing at a till, and I would get a panic attack. I'd go white in the face, ask my boss. I'd go white in the face, and I couldn't work anymore. I'd have to go sit down for about 10, 15 minutes. And that was happening on a regular basis. I was getting existential crises almost every single day. I looked different. I wasn't me anymore. I wasn't you anymore. I was something that the devil took, and he put his hands around my throat, and he choked me out because I let him do it. But then, I was driving home one night. I was driving home in the dark. Probably had a panic attack that day too. It was after work, about nine o'clock. And I remember very clearly, I was coming down the hill and I was still feeling absolutely horrible. Some of you guys may have been in a place like that in your life where you feel like you have hit your absolute bottom. Even if you're a Christian, you feel like you've hit your absolute bottom. 
And I remember, though I thought that God had something against me, I remember looking to him. And I turned and I said, Jesus, take this. I'm sick of this lifestyle. I'm so sick of this. Why should a son of you have to suffer with depression, anxiety, and stress every single day? Did you not call me to something greater? Did you not call me to something better when I was in the garden with you? Did you not want to walk side by side? When we were in the garden, God never said, Oh, I hope they mess up. Oh, I hope they mess up. I hope they mess this up. I hope they eat the fruit of the tree. Rather, he said, Walk with me, child, every day. In the cool of the day, let me talk with you. Let me provide for you. And I said, Jesus, I'm sick of this. Give me this life. I've seen it in the Bible before. Give me this life. Give me this peace. Give me a sound mind. And I may have said that a million times before that happened, but this was the first time I actually meant it. This was the very first time I actually meant it. And within two weeks, it was all gone. I know that might be kind of hard for a lot of people to take in. But you guys want to know what happened in that area, with that one span? That was the beginning of a journey for me, knowing who I was in Jesus. This was the journey of me, just like in Psalms 25, the one who waits on the Lord will not be disgraced, will not be ashamed. This was the journey of me starting to wait on the Lord. I started to confess to him. In that moment, I confessed to him. And after that, I started confessing to people what I had done. And the devil's choke on me started to loosen until I grabbed the devil's hand and I said, Get out of here, Satan. You have no place in my life today and he ran out of my life. I thought the devil had such reins on my life, but then I realized who I was. Before we get into some more stuff, let me bring up a second point for you guys. Compromise brings shame. Shame brings hopelessness. But confession brings compassion from the Lord. In that moment when I was in that car on the ride home, I confessed. In the two weeks after, I confessed to as many people as I could get my hands on. I boasted in my weakness. I boasted in my weakness. So today I have two things for you guys to do. If you're willing. After here, we're going to have a bit of a time of prayer a bit of a time of prayer for anyone who needs it, for anyone who feels like they're in a place that I was in, or even in a place that's not as dramatic. Maybe you've been dealing with habitual sin. Maybe you've been dealing with unwillful sin. Maybe you've been dealing with looking at that girl down the street. Maybe you've been dealing with porn. Maybe you've been dealing with stealing. Maybe you took $500 out of the bank, out of the cash register at work last night. Maybe you've been living a stagnant, lukewarm life for too long. And maybe it's time, maybe it's time to stop being stagnant and ride, stop riding the fence. Maybe it's time to confess. 
you guys aren't convinced that confession is something that's not just a Catholic term, that you do it with the priest or whatever. Let me give you some examples of what confession is. James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Here again, 1 John 1.9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Proverbs 28.13 Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. If there's people, if just like me, you're holding it all in, even if you're a Christian, Christians don't live the godly perfect life that we all think. Some, we get into a place where like, we're sanctified. Oh man, we're so good. And then we forget that sometimes if we don't let Jesus have it all, then we are stuck with issues. We are stuck with issues, but let me give you some hope here. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And if you want to be free, you've got to tell him. I know we did the cross thing. Some of you guys were there a little while ago when we nailed our things to the cross. That was the first step of confession. The second step of confession is telling somebody about it. Whether or not that's somebody in your life, if, if you have a good friend, if you have a mentor, if you've been dealing with that porn for too long, maybe it's time to tell somebody about it. Maybe you've been looking at that girl for too long, maybe it's time for you to tell somebody about it. Maybe you've been stealing for too long or living lukewarm for too long, and maybe it's time for you to tell somebody about it. Maybe you acted treacherously without cause, and maybe it's time for you to tell somebody about it. After this, I'm going to invite some people up to the front, and we're going to have a bit of prayer for any prayer needs that you guys have. If you guys want deliverance from anything, any habitual sin, if you guys see the sign outside, need Jesus, we deliver. We deliver because we got the Holy Ghost in this place today. The Holy Ghost delivers people. The Holy Spirit comes down and fills the hearts of many souls. So if you have something that you've been pondering for too long and you want it gone, the Holy Spirit will take you and be compassionate on you and bring you into a place of utter peace because he promised it. If maybe you've never confessed Jesus as your Lord, we'll also have time to do that. Just come to the front. Just come to the front. But here's the second thing I have for you guys today. This is more, confession's more of a here-now thing, but here's the one that I want you guys to do during the week. And I'm going to be doing this with you guys, so don't, so don't be afraid. Oh, Ewan's not doing anything. He's just, I had that experience in Vancouver you know, my leader's not doing anything, and I'm just like, oh, man, what the heck's going on? But I'll be doing with this with you guys this week. I challenge you guys to wait on God, because the second part of Psalms 25 is about waiting on God. The second verse afterwards, Psalms 25, 4 to 5, right after what we just talked about, Psalms 25, 1 to 3, right after it. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long.
He follows it up. He follows up disgrace with this. So I challenge you guys this week, just like we did with communion, take a minute. When was the last time that you guys prayed when you weren't eating cereal at the table? When was the last time that you guys prayed when you were on a jog? I'm guilty of this. I'll be, I'll be doing a workout. I'll just put my Bible in. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. But let, let, when was the last time that we went into the secret place together with God? Just, just me, God, you, God. When was the last time that that happened? Because he wants your time. He says that in Romans that we're called to be a living sacrifice to God. So when was the last time that we took some time with him? So I challenge you guys this week to just get with him. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, five minutes, who cares what it is? Maybe it's an hour, maybe it's three hours, four hours, I don't care what it is. Sit in the quiet with him and pray Psalms 25, 4 to 5, because it's a prayer. It truly is a prayer. It's a prayer, show me your paths, teach me your ways, for you are the God of my salvation. Just be patient this week. If you are unpeaceful, just be patient this week. He will take your shame and your guilt and he will make it and he will cover it with compassion and peace this week. So today I'm going to call the worship team back up um, and we're going to have a time of prayer and then we're all going to be dismissed today. But just like we can really suck. So I challenge you guys today to tell God, I don't want to suck. Maybe you're listening and you've been seeking Jesus for a while, trying to make sense of who he is and what he's all about. I want you to know that God in his infinite love has been pursuing you. God wants to have a life-giving relationship with you. But the fact is that every person is born with a rebellious heart and is separated from the life that only comes through a true relationship with their Creator. So God did something magnificent. He knew that we could not repair the broken relationship ourselves, so He came to us. And we're told that while we were still sinners in active rebellion against God, Jesus Christ died for us. In John 3.16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So, if you're ready to have that newfound life through a relationship with Jesus, I'd like to invite you to pray a prayer with me, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Master and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. As you dedicate your life to following Christ Jesus, you will receive forgiveness for your sins and you will be adopted into the family of God. Let's pray. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I deserve the consequences of my sin. However, I'm trusting in your son, Jesus Christ, as my savior. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I trust in Jesus and Jesus alone as my master and my savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and forgiving me. Help me to leave my old ways behind and to live as you would have me live from this time forward. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. If you just prayed that prayer from your heart, I want to welcome you into the family of God. Your next step is to connect with a local church so that you can be shown how to grow in this new relationship with Jesus. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week for more Bible-based encouragement.